This is the Bigger Pockets Podcast, show 182. So we've got 30 million in real estate that you talked That's, about. Yeah, 674 units. We got some uh, little areas that we're going to try and build. You're listening to Bigger Pockets Radio, simplifying real estate for investors large and small. If you're here looking to learn about real estate investing without all the hype, you're in the right place. Stay tuned and be sure to join the millions of others who have benefited from BiggerPockets.com. Your home for real estate investing online. What's going on, everybody? This is Josh Dorkin, host to the Bigger Pockets Podcast, here with my co-host, Mr. Brandon Turner. Hello, Brandon. <laughs> Hello, Josh. In honor of, of this the week's events and the Brexit, we're going to have a really bad interview with a horrible English accent. <laughs> I'm not even going to try anymore. I'll butcher all right. it. Yeah, I already did. Yeah, hey, man. That's all right. How you doing? Oh, I'm doing all right. Doing all right. We're still here after Great We Britain are. The seceded, world didn't seceded. explode. I mean, obviously, everybody is a whole lot poorer except those people who <laughs> had their money in real estate. But Exactly. Um, yeah, just the yeah. interest rates have dropped like pretty dramatically. A buddy of mine just got a 30-year fixed at 3.1%. Crazy. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Crazy. That's awesome. Anyway, so we're like the only people excited about the Brexit thing, I think, except for the old yeah. guys. In I mean, look, obviously, <laughs> we feel terrible that people are – Suffering as a result of the decisions made by folks, uh, but uh, maybe it'll be good. Know. I honestly don't know. Uh, some uh, people think it'll be great. Never know. You never uh, know. We're not going to get into the politics and no. the debate over it, uh, but uh, but the markets yeah. definitely have been suffering a little bit. Well, it's volatility, right? Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, people are nervous and nobody knows what the future is going to bring, and so that kind of scares people and rattles the markets. And here we are. But again, which is why we talk about real estate. You yeah. know, obviously, if people lose jobs and things like that, you know, real estate is going to suffer in kind with the market. But real estate, obviously, you know, your rent isn't going to fluctuate fifteen, twenty percent. Yeah. Like your currency or like, uh, you know, your, yeah. your money in the S&P. Yep. I just read an article on Forbes this morning about how, uh, you know, everyone was convinced that the Federal Reserve is going to raise interest rates here in the next month or two. They're having a bunch of meetings. Anyway, now they're guaranteeing like, or not guaranteeing, but people, pundits are saying there's no possible chance they're going to. So this could be another good year for uh, us to lock in those low rates and yeah, we'll jump into real estate. See what happens. So, there cool. Go. Well, cool. We got a cool show today, huh? We do. It's super high energy, super fun. Two guests that are just crushing it. 674 units in the past three years. Yeah. Insane. So big multifamily. They're not buying single family houses. So. Not 675 yeah, single families, but you know, less than a dozen deals here. But and we talk a lot about, you know, chainsaws and lumber sexuals and all sorts of good stuff like that. Yeah, interesting Very stuff. Very good stuff. So stuff. but yeah, before we get to it. Before we do, why don't we go to today's all right, today's quick tip is you should use the Bigger Pockets Marketplace. The Bigger Pockets Marketplace is where you can go to buy or sell deals if you've got them, or maybe you're looking for a job in the real estate space, or maybe you're looking for an assistant or somebody to you know work in your business. You can advertise your stuff there. So if you need anything at all in your business, or if you have anything that you want to sell or trade or whatever, biggerpockets.com slash marketplace. Check it out. Awesome. Awesome. Particularly deals and opportunities. Those definitely get a lot of visibility. So yeah. get out there and post to the marketplace today. There you go. Remember when you had to pay to get a Leeds phone number? It was like the dark ages until Deal Machine made skip tracing a thing of the past. Now with your Deal Machine plan, you'll get unlimited access to phone numbers and contact information for no extra cost. That's right. Get high quality, reliable information trusted by leading financial institutions, all fully compliant with the federal do not call list. 
Explore over 150 data points, including age, gender, marital status, occupation, and a ton more. Trust me, this is the data you need for off-market deals. With new filters, people flags, and color-coded phone numbers, lead management just got a ton easier. Ready to step up your investing game? Sign up for a Deal Machine plan today and gain immediate access to this unlimited treasure trove of contact information and phone numbers. Just head to dealmachine.com BP. Transform your lead generation and deal-making strategies with Deal Machine. Sign up today and start exploring the unlimited possibilities at dealmachine.com BP. You might think you want real estate, but that's not true. What you really want is passive income. With new investors struggling to find deals or get enough money to buy them and veteran landlords tired of the constant tenant phone calls, is there a better alternative? Actually, there is. Short notes from Connect Invest. Connect Invest is an online investing platform that allows you to easily participate in passive real estate investing, and all you need is $500 to start. Short Notes collectively funds a diversified portfolio of commercial and residential real estate projects across acquisition, construction, and development phases. You'll earn a fixed monthly income without the hassle of owning or managing real estate. Head to connectinvest.com BP to create your account. Fund your digital wallet with at least $500. Select from 6, 12, and 24-month short notes with annualized return rates up to 9%. Then sit back and let your monthly returns roll in. Join today by visiting connectinvest.com VP. Connectinvest.com VP. Whenever I used to travel, I would get that creeping feeling that I locked my back door. How do I know my property is going to be safe while I'm away? But not anymore, thanks to Simply Safe Home Security. I'm about to go on a three-week trip to Copenhagen, but am I tripping about my trip? Nope. With award-winning security and peace of mind from Simply Safe, I don't need to worry. Simply Safe is a super amazing alarm system that I actually installed in my house myself personally in less than 30 minutes, and there's so much peace of mind knowing that there's something in place to protect my homes, my goods, and my John Mayer shrine. Simply Safe systems have high-tech sensors that detect break-ins, fires, and floods, indoor and outdoor cameras to keep watch night and day, 24/7 professional monitoring at less than $1 a day, plus Simply Safe professional monitoring agents can even help stop crime in real time by speaking to intruders through the wireless indoor camera. Hey, hey, bud, get out of here. It's like that, but it's a lot better, I imagine. And if you buy the system and you don't love it, you can get a full refund with Simply Safe's 60-day money-back guarantee. Simply Safe has given me and many of our listeners real peace of mind, and I want you to have it too. Right now, get 20% off of any new Simply Safe system with fast protect monitoring at simplysafe.com/pockets. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Guys, if you're an active listener, you know I ask this all the time. If you have not yet done so, please Get out there, spread the word about the Bigger Pockets podcast. Take our show notes page and share it on Facebook, share it on, on LinkedIn, share it on Twitter. And please leave us a rating and review. Those things really, really, really help us. They help new folks who are trying to figure out which podcast to listen to. And of course, we want them listening to the Bigger Pockets podcast. Help us get to the top 100 of all podcasts by doing that. And by spreading the word, that is our goal for this year. We want to be in the top 100. By the way, there are 250,000 podcasts out there now, I've heard. And we are right about top 150 of all shows, which is crazy. That is pretty insane.
Yeah. Hey, I want to jump in with a quick uh, favor to ask our audience. So Josh doesn't know I'm going to say this. So today, the day that this show comes out is actually my anniversary. So I uh, am, uh, is this nine years? This is wow, nine years. Wow, here crazy. you are So here's, here's what I want to do for an anniversary gift. No, listen, anniversary gift from my wife. I need everyone's help. If you've read the book on managing rental properties, which my wife co-wrote with me, she takes a lot of pride in this book because she put a lot of work into it. She wrote most of it. Leave a review on Amazon. I want to. I want to bombard her with good reviews. And wish if you read a happy it. anniversary. With don't do that. In the- <laughs> <laughs> you probably could, don't but do that, don't. yeah, leave, leave a review uh, in Amazon for the book on managing rental properties if you've read it. Awesome. All right, All right let's, let's get, get to, to this thing. thing. Jake and Gino, Jay, Gino Barbaro and Jake Stenziano. I think I think I didn't butcher it too bad. Are real estate investors, both from New York area. They've got a really, really fascinating story. It's great to hear how these guys came together, found each other, and have built this really thriving business. It's pretty inspiring, exceptionally high energy, and there's just a whole lot of great information in here for you. So listen up and let's bring them on. All right, Jake and Gino, welcome to the show, guys. Nice to have you. Josh, how you doing? How's it going? How are you doing? (laughs) (laughs) Well, well, realistically, we just uh, before we got on, we got a call from one of our property managers had a flash flood last night. Had this big pine tree fall across one of the uh, the staircases outside. Well, that's exciting. Not really, because she <laughs> said, "Well, you know, everyone had this problem, and they want you know seven hundred to a thousand bucks to get you know rid of this thing." And so Gina always picks on me because I got the "I'm a" mentality. I'm, I'm gonna do it. this. I'm gonna uh, do that. I'm gonna do everything. And I'm like, dude, it's not a seven hundred to a thousand dollar job. So I'm like, we're getting the chainsaw after this, and we're going out and cutting the damn thing up, and uh, we're gonna haul <laughs> some of it off. All right. And he's like, what are you going to save, 100 bucks? And I'm like, yeah. I'm here right. for lunch, guys. I came out to lunch. You're I want a nice right. day. I don't want it there at the chainsaw lugging trees. It just, it, just, it, just, it just pisses me off because it's, it's too much. So we'll see where it goes. We'll, we'll send you a picture of the tree for it's your show hard, notes. I would love to see a picture. It's hard to justify, right? You see it and you're like, my God, this is such <laughs> Dude, a ridiculous amount yeah. of money. Yeah, yeah, but then you stop and you're like, wait a second. That's like an 80-foot pine tree. I'm going to have to make like 17 <laughs> cuts. You're going to underestimate the length of time it takes to make each cut. Right. You gotta, you know, you're going to ruin your good shirt doing it. And at the end of the day, you're going to go home pissed off. No, I wish I spent a thousand bucks. I'm, I'm going flannel if I'm going out there because I want to look the part. Okay, I don't want to. Brandon will send you his wardrobe. <laughs> well, maybe I can get a, maybe I can get some of that beard going. You could. You got to get the lumber sexual look going. You know, it's, it's lumber, like, lumber sexual. Lumber sexual. Yeah, it's, the, it's then, all the rage. Anti sexual. <laughs> that's a thing. Lumber sexual. Apparently, I, I explained I to read him it. last night what metrosexual was, and he said he didn't get it. I said oh, it's yeah. guys that like nice clothes, pretty much, right? Is that it's, they prune and primp up a little bit? Yeah. Jo- see, Josh leans a little more metrosexual. <laughs> I lean a little more lumber sexual, right? There's, there's and when and when you guys come on to each other, what does that make? I don't I'm even sorry. know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're getting back to real estate here. Um, why don't we start at the beginning of your stories? Let's go way back before the pine tree, before multifamily. Well, we were talking a minute ago. Let's take it to Western New York. Okay, I'll, Western I'll, New York. Yeah, we we started before the show. We asked where you, you guys are from. He's telling you how to. Take I know the he's. Show, right? I know he is. He's trying to take dominance and control of, of the interview. Here. <laughs> he knows what he's doing. That is no, no dominate. I want to take it to Western New York and talk Buffalo Bills, man. It's okay. So you were, you're talking like you know that's that's upstate. That's not Rush, like Rush real Bell. New York. When yeah. you see these these like infographics go around Facebook, they say people say I'm from New York, and it shows picture of the city, and then it shows picture like the Adirondacks. Right. So that's what we're talking about. Yeah. Uh, so that that's where I grew up. It was rural. it was very rural. Yeah. Like rural. all it was uh, the jobs were they had the central school because all the small towns went to the central school, so people were teachers. It was Wayland, New York. They had a factory called Gunlocks, so people worked there. 
And uh, my family, there's a lot of cops. So those are my options, right? And on top of it, I was a really bad student. So I remember taking these aptitude tests, and they basically said to me and my dad, look, this kid's not going to college. Squeaked into JUCO school, then ended up transferring to a four-year, uh, got a phys ed degree. Realized that it was a glorified babysitter. I said, this ain't for me. I hate this, right? Senior year, I was working summer job at uh, UPS, 2 a.m. To, to 6 a.m. in the morning. Nice. No, that was awful. It was terrible. <laughs> I found out real early what I didn't like to do. This is the, this is the moral of the story, okay? Had a relationship. This girl got me a job at Radio Shack. I'm like, woohoo, it's great. This is, this is like a, a life-changing moment for me. This is stupid, but Radio Shack literally changed my life. They're out of business now, aren't they? Sure. Yeah, but Jake's in business and he's doing real well. It's all because of Radio Shack. Actually, I don't know if they're out of business. but No, there's a few in rural areas because I, I follow them. We were there yesterday. We got a splitter for this. But anyways, nice. 100% commission sales job. Within a month, I was number one sales rep for the Rochester District. Rode that out until the end of my senior year. Ended up getting a B2B sales job. Rolled that into a pharma career. I was doing pharmaceutical sales, and I was this. And this leads into this guy right here, best restaurant in Westchester, Italian food he owned. So I did all my catering through Geno's. So I'm, you know, I'm starting. I'm getting like at the time. I thought this. I thought I hit the lotto first of all because I'm 25. Didn't think I was going to college. Now I got a company car, making over 100k a year, getting thirty thousand dollar bonuses, and I'm thinking, what what is going on? And you know, just it was a bunch of young guys. We're having a blast on my team, and uh, then I started to realize what taxes were. And I realized I'm getting smacked six percent state income in New York. His property taxes in New York are twenty five thousand bucks, right? Just oh, yeah. New York's insane. Yep. Stupid. So I said, to my, I said to my would be soon be wife, we got to get out of here. So I said, I'm looking for warmer weather. I don't want state income taxes, and I want lower property taxes. I did a little search. I found Florida, Tennessee, Texas were the best fits for us. She said, I'm not going all the way to Texas because I want to be able to get home and see my family close. And same thing kind of ruled out Florida. I was able to take a lateral transfer to Tennessee. And, you know, the last day before I left, I was having lunch with this guy. He's been investing in real estate for 15 years. And I said, look, I want to, I want to start getting into this because the pharmaceutical company had a layoff every year. And I said, eventually they're going to call my number and I'm going to be left, you know, thinking, what the heck am I going to do with myself? So we, we, we hook up. We start looking at deals. He's, he's basically mentoring me as we're going. We spent two years looking for multifamily deals in Knoxville area. And basically, people are telling us we're nuts. Creative financing doesn't work. Owner financing doesn't work. So we finally gave up. I took my seed money. I saved up about a hundred thousand bucks. Went and bought this really awesome house. Hundred thousand for down payment goes a long way in Knoxville. Yeah. And does. so basically, we're out of the game, right? And I keep looking just for the heck of it. Find this little mom and pop. That's pretty much what we buy. We buy mom and pop apartments, pretty much value add apartments. We're able to get in ten percent owner financing, and then from there, it was pretty much off the races. And uh, we've been we've been knocking it out ever since then. Hey, quick, quick question. Um, sure. Does, does Gino talk? Uh, Gino, doesn't talk. <laughs> Gino doesn't talk. We start talking Buffalo Bills and we kick it off. Gino, what's going on? Tell me about the family. This guy's got six kids. All 30 right? seconds. I get. I cut to the chase. When you got six kids, you can't fool around. You know, you get to the point. Six kids at a restaurant for 20 years. Loved it. 2008 recession came. Sucked, right? Yeah. Business went down. I'm with my brother. And let me tell you something, guys. Real estate's hard business. Restaurant business is a lot harder. You got to oh, be yeah. there all the time. I had a family, my you know, mom and brother, but it's just not fulfilling. Six needs, human needs. Number five and number six is growth and contribution. I wasn't growing anymore. I was just stuck in a rut. You know, that's what a lot of people do. That's why they look to real estate. I just felt like I was dying, to be honest with you. And I wanted to contribute. I was still contributing as far as, you know, giving money and going to charity and doing a lot of that stuff. And I just didn't feel like I was contributing to others. So I hooked up with this guy and I just, I got the juice. And my, you know, investing in New York stinks. But once I saw Tennessee, I was like, wow, this is awesome. So fast forward, right. so we hooked up. 
Okay, cool, cool, cool. So let, let's take it back real quick. So when you guys met, Gino, you had been investing for 15 years. Is that right? Yep, I, I was. So what had you been investing in over those 15 years? Like what kind well, of deals had you yeah. done? How many deals had you done? It's funny. I call it investing now, but it really wasn't investing. It was more like, I would say gambling because I had a three family. Um, the restaurant we had was a mixed use building, which my mom was, the, uh, she was, you know, she owned it. So I was basically renting from her, but we have three apartments upstairs. I had a commercial property, but at the time it was hodgepodge. I had no strategy. I had no niche. I was just out there throwing darts and whatever looked good, I was buying. So I wouldn't call it really investing. I had a couple little properties. Okay. Oh, well, some people would call that investing. A lot of people would <laughs> yeah. would, would kill you had three million dollars in, 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 in investments. Yeah. You didn't have a strategy. I mean, you, right. you owned property, which which That's you right. know is far beyond what a lot of people would love to have. Yes. But you just feel like you just weren't there, right? You you didn't actually. Yeah. Josh, it's like when somebody puts money in a mutual fund. Are they really investing? It is investing, but it's not. You have no control. You, you're letting somebody else do something for you. You don't know what the heck they're buying. And that's how I felt. I felt like I wasn't in control of what I was doing and my returns weren't as good as they should have been because I didn't know what I was doing. All right. So you guys, you guys know each other. You guys, you know, are looking at this Tennessee situation. And what was, what was the discussion? Like you guys are talking about multifamilies. Why, why multifamily and, at the end of the day, why did you guys really come together? I mean, you guys just saw each other as complimentary or you guys both kind of had the itch? What was, what was it? Well, I, I was able to provide basically being in a, an emerging market with lower uh, price per unit values than what Gina was seeing. So in the end, we you know, had that relationship, trusted each other. So it was basically boots on the ground at that point. Um, I, would, I wanted to build wealth. I was working 40 hours a week for the pharmaceutical company. I'm, I'm like, I'm bored. I need something more to do. I just, I'm a high energy guy. That's pretty much what I bring to the table. I'm just a go-getter. I make it happen. So we were, we were just discussing it. I had a doctor that was basically really big into real estate that I was friends with when I was in New York. And he was saying, look, go buy a duplex. He's like, that's what I did. I lived in half of it. I rented out the other half. And then I just kept buying real estate for the next you know, 20, 30 years. I was like, that's great advice. I was sharing that with Gino. I never took it. I should have. It would have been great. You know, <laughs> it would have kick it off. But so we just started looking. You know, we, we were uh, evaluating deals. And, uh, and I knew that multifamily seemed to be the place to be simply because people need a place to live. Uh, it may be a cliche thing to say, but it's true, right? Sure. Uh, I joke around. I say you can't live in the internet because everything else you can basically buy on Amazon. If I was ever to look <laughs> at, you know, maybe some kind of commercial, I'd look at maybe a bar- something that had barbershop, restaurant stuff. People have to actually go and use. I don't want some kind of retail like you know, Circuit City's trying to make a comeback right now, right? And they're 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 posting on Amazon. So who knows what they end up doing? But I just I don't want to be involved in that type of. I want something a little safer that that I'm not gambling so much. With. Josh, this was important. It was important was we were complementary. We both wanted the same thing. Partnerships have to be complementary. He's a guy that says do as he says and says as he does. That's what he does. That's what I do. And we both wanted to buy. We didn't want to fix and flip. We didn't want to master lease. We didn't want to you know we wanted to buy and hold and we wanted apartments. And that's what happened. We both got together. And that's the most important thing about a partnership is to have complementary goals. And our skill sets are a little bit different. We we do things a little differently, but we both want, we both want to achieve the same thing, basically. And wh- what are those skill sets that each of you guys brings? Like, what does Gino do? What does Jake do? I first initially started off, I had already been in coaching, so I already had that, you know, that, that skill set where I knew how to evaluate a deal. I knew what to look for. When I started looking at $30,000 per unit cost, $550 a month in rent, I said to him, that's a home run. Because up in New York at the time, it was 100000 and maybe seven or $800 a month in rent. So I knew right away the numbers worked. I saw the taxes. So that was my skill set, being able just to network with people, talk to people, 
talk to brokers, learn how to you know create those relationships. That's what I knew. I knew I knew the business. And this guy, he was awesome. You know, go to he just go to the place. The first place we uh, took over. He'll tell you the story. Knock on doors. You know, collect rent and that kind of stuff. He didn't know what he was doing, but when you're a W two earner and you start, people start giving you cash. It's just revolutionary. You just, you just start lighting up and things just start changing. And yeah. that's that's the way that's the way he worked. So it, it all goes back to Radio Shack. And I think everybody, it does, I'm telling you, everyone should have a, some kind of customer service, be a waiter, have some type of sales job for their first job because you learn how to interact with the public. And that's nothing, there's nothing more important than that. We got 10% owner financing on our first deal. We had a, a beautiful business plan printed out, what the underwriting was, everything that we presented to the bank in order to get in that first deal. We didn't have any credibility, but we were prepared, more prepared than most people, I'm sure, that uh, they walk into that bank. We showed them the business plan. We said, this is why it's going to work. And we were able to get 10% order finance at a time where people were skittish. So let's, t- let's talk about that first deal. I mean, let's kind of dive into that. You guys joined together. You moved to Tennessee. You start looking for deals. What was the very first deal? How many units was it? How did you guys put it together? Tell us the story. Sure. It was it was 25 units. We like to you know call these types of apartments mom and pop. This group yep. had apartments all throughout the. It was a uh, submarket in Knoxville, and it was uh, I called the crack den because the the mail <laughs> lady did not. She didn't like delivering mail there. She really didn't. After we re- repositioned the property, she came up to me and said, "Thank you," because I used to be afraid to deliver mail to this place. And now I can actually drive my you know vehicle through here, and I don't feel scared. Cool. And so that that kind of stuff is pretty cool. That's great, but. Yeah. So when we, when we got into this, it was this older mom and pop couple. They had, their, their books were all mashed together. They had all the apartments in one LLC that were throughout the town. So I'm like, you know, I don't know what, what they're doing on this place. I can't tell how much cash this thing is really producing. So my uncle has owned multifamily in the past, just smaller stuff. He said, just go door knocking. I'm like, I'd okay. never done that. So I didn't know what he was talking about. Yeah. He so. said, just go door to door with the lady knocking on doors, see if there's a live person in there and ask them what they're paying. It's at least a start. So we're doing that, you know, knocking door to door. And their whole thing was, well, if we provide free electricity and cable for them, they're not going to leave and they, they collected cash. So you can only imagine like some kind of the people that I was meeting doing this. This one guy comes to the door. This lady's in her 60s, right? She's such a nice old lady knocking on the door. Hey, how much are you, you, you paying for rent? He's got a hole, and for the folks on YouTube, in his boxers about this big, okay? <laughs> and it's just out there for the world Wait, to see. Oh, it's in front. <laughs> I wasn't there. Thank yeah. God. Yeah. And I said, Whoops. we're good. We're good. And we moved on to the next one. And this poor lady, she tried talking to him with a straight face. And you know, I was just like, and they were just so burnt out. The husband, the husband was sick. They needed to get rid of it. And this was the only deal that we looked at where the numbers actually worked. That was the one thing that separated this one. But from guys, there was a lot of problems with this property. A lot of problems. They were weekly renters. So I don't know if anybody's dealt with weekly All renters. Cash. So weekly renters, you get a lot more money, but it's every two weeks you're turning over an apartment. You're fixing the apartment. So is it worth it? We had bed bugs there because the furniture was there. I mean, it's like they, a little motel on Colfax here in Denver. Yeah. They uh, called, no, there was a motel yeah. there. They called it the, the Shamrock, Shamrock motel, motel and the rest yeah. of them were duplexes and quads. Yeah. So there was a lot of value in. So what we ended up doing is we ended up getting rid of the cable, saved the seven grand. We ended up actually stabilizing. We had, you know, it it took a while, took about 18 month period to get everything stabilized, get everybody out. We started doing applications. We started doing credit checks. We we just actually put systems in place. We actually had a resident manager living on the property for us. So it took a while, but it was a great learning experience. And thank God we got it. It was listed for 750. It was on for a couple of years. We ended up getting it for 600,000 and we probably could have gotten off a little bit less, but it was our first deal. The terms we got in the bank financing were 20 year amort, which we could have gotten a 25 year. We got an interest rate of about five and a half, which we could have probably gotten four and a quarter. And, you know, these are all things that we, we should have gotten. We got bad terms, but we got into a deal. And, yep. and I was, my, I was juiced. I didn't have any money left. So I was able to borrow from my 401k. 
pulled out, you know, 35 or whatever it was at the time. And that actually was able, I was able to get into the deal because of that. The people were really good, actually. They, they replaced the roof prior to closing. They painted it up. They tried to fix it. I mean, stuff they should have been doing all along to help, you know, sell the property. But yeah, they, they were really good. Guys, the moral of the story is just get into your first deal. Get your first deal yeah. done. Get that momentum. The little snowball starts snowballing a little bit more. Yeah. And then you have the credibility. Then you have on your business plan, hey, I have, I have a, a property. I can close. So that just gives you all the momentum and all the credibility in the world to get your next one. Really quickly, tell tell us about so seven hundred fifty. You paid six hundred k. You said it took about eighteen months to turn it around. What did that look like? What did that cost you? What's the property worth? Do you still hold it? What mm-hmm. What do you guys do kind of rents on that thing? So we're doing about one hundred sixty, one hundred sixty five a year on it. Okay, and we've we've been that's able gross. To, that's gross. gross. Yeah. Correct. I wish that we were netting that, and I'd, I'd be sweet, <laughs> but we're not. But we'll, we'll take it though, right? So we're you know we're between six hundred and seven fifty a door in, in rents on it. And we had septic problems with it. We ended up replacing all the roofs. We painted the outside, painted the inside. We put a lot of uh, ceramic tile in on the floors because a lot of them were just on slabs. We did a lot of this up front with just the cash flow is coming out of it every month. We see you know two to three thousand bucks a month in cash flow coming out of this, but we put a lot of it back in. We're able to refi the property, and I think we pulled out was it one hundred hundred sixty thousand dollars. Hundred sixty. So we kept about I think thirty five out from that. We put all new uh, steel roofs on, which we were doing for you know anywhere from a thousand to two thousand a roof. And so the place now it's called Courtyard Cottages. It's a nice country setting. It's clean. People feel safe, and we've got really good renters in. Like I said, we're cash flowing about three thousand a month on it. So we still hold it. We got it uh, down. We got a ten year term on it, twenty five year AM, and a four and a quarter rate that we got with the refi, and it's with a community bank. So that's the important thing, guys. We bought it right. We were able to buy it at that $600,000 number. And you know, with the emerging market, with the raising rents, with us mm-hmm. being able to control the expenses, the bank appraised it at a little over $800,000. And it only took about two and a half to three years to, to get to that number. And that's the value of it. You buy it right, that's when you make your money. Because when you go to refi, you pull all that money out, and it's all yours tax-free. Nice. That's cool. So do you recommend other people? You, I mean, like you mentioned earlier, like a crack den, right? You call it the crack den. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, like no, it's a because, junkie. Well, do you recommend no, people do that? Well, this is something that I didn't realize coming from New York. I didn't know about pills. You know, I've heard of people abusing pills, but there's a big pill epidemic in, oh, yeah. uh, in Tennessee. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't know what this is. And I started seeing like I saw syringes uh, behind yeah. this one bill. I'm like, what is this? These people are not rowdy. But they're like uh, they're zombies. They're like hitting these pills up, and they're zombieing out. Yeah. So we had to, you know, eventually evicted most of the folks. I think there's one person left. I mean, there's two people left from the beginning that were still there. Because in the beginning, I was doing it. Going back to the IMA mentality, I was going around door knocking, saying, "Hey, the rents due." It was Friday afternoons, Saturday mornings, and Monday afternoons, and that was my routine until we started to scale up. And that's why we joke about this IMA thing. Because in the beginning, it was just no. I, I, you know, I grew up in a rural town. It was like you know, if something needs to be fixed, you fix it. And, you know, I was joking with Gino. Where were we, last? we went to this place last night. It's called Lonesome Dove. One of these celebrity chefs on TV or whatever was there. Tim Love. Over, Tim Love. He came over and was talking to us. I don't, yeah, I don't either. But, you know, Gino's <laughs> a chef. And so they were talking about the food. And I'm like, well, tell me about your systems. Right? I'm like, chef, celebrity chef. I'm like, dude, I want to know. So how many people come and do this? And five, oh, five for this one. And he's got 10 places. So that's what we're really diving into. And that's where my focus is now is scaling everything up. You know, if I can, if I can put a system in place doing it. So that, that's the main focus now. But he was a little put off, but it's But fine. Brandon, in the beginning, what so. you were saying is I think I'd like to start smaller. 
because we did make mistakes on it. So yeah. those smaller mistakes, you can learn from it. I think you should manage your property in the beginning because you really learn how to manage a property and you get your feet wet. You're in the trenches. So then even if you don't do it when you scale up, you know how to tell somebody how to do it. You have that system built and you can transfer it over. So if we decide after that our next deal, we don't want to manage our properties, we're trying to build a franchisable model where we can say to a management company, this is what we want done. This is how it's supposed to be done. You know how to read reports. You have to be in the trenches for the first couple of deals, at least I think, to learn you know, from the very beginning how to do it. And then once you can scale up, you can scale up. And you know, 25 units to us was big, but that's what was at the market at the time. I, I mean, wanted to take my lumps. I wanted to learn the business from the ground up if we were going to do it. So. Yeah. Yeah, so you don't regret buying a, a junky property and having Dude, all the headaches. I love that, man. That's my baby. Yeah. That that launched awesome. my that that allowed yeah. me to you know get out of corporate America and, and do my own thing. And you know we're, now we're in the middle of the day having a, a call with you, fine guys. So, <laughs> well, the reason I the reason I bring that up is because so many people like they have this fear of starting because they're afraid of those lumps and they're afraid of making a mistake. Oh, the lumps and, are yeah, good. I, I agree. Yep. Yeah, well, Brandon, you ever heard the quality of your life is is a, is a, I guess incumbent upon how uncomfortable you can get. The more uncomfortable you can get, the more quality you're going to have in your life. So if you're used to your comfortable thing, listen, I'm moving to Jacksonville, Florida next month. I got six kids. We're oh, well. packing up. I'm moving the whole family down there. How uncomfortable is that? I'm going to have to put everybody <laughs> back into school. I don't know. You've been driving the golf carts down. But I think you like I, it. I love it. I love the lifestyle. But the thing is, you have to step out of your comfort zone if you want to grow. If you want to sit in your you know your two bedroom house and be happy, that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But we're all here to grow in life. We all want to yeah. leave a legacy. We all want to leave it better. So that's what we're here for. So, yeah, nice. awesome. This is like when Harry, when when Harry met Sally, when Jake met Gino. I love this. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's, it's, it's a love fest, man. We're just we're bringing the pain today. We're making it happen. Come on now. <laughs> hey, I want I want to I want to slide back before we go forward. You guys obviously can finish each other's sentences. Like I said, it's it, it is. Except like for this close look, you guys told us to be on one computer. Like he's elbowing <laughs> now. I'm telling you, know, you, you do what you do. How do people go out and find themselves their own Gino or their own Jake? How do they, how do they do that? I mean, you guys did it. So make sure you eat a lot. Okay. No, I'm going to give you guys a plug. You go to bigger pockets. That's the, one of the first things. I mean, you meet a ton of people on there, go out there and say to yourself, Hey, listen, I'm in Jacksonville, Florida. Anybody out there? Let's network. I'm going to go to real estate investment clubs. I think REI clubs, even though I don't go, a lot of them, people like to start there because that's where a lot of investors get. Try to get networking with people that are, you know, what, the business that you want to get into. Go on to LoopNet. If you want to see anybody on LoopNet, any kind of brokers, go on and see who's listing properties. This Pareto's law, the 80-20. Most of the brokers have crappy deals. You're going to have those 20% that have those 80%. So find out who the players are in your market. Go to any lawyer, try to get any, any accountant, try to get referrals. And if you're in business, like I was in business, I was lucky. I, the, the restaurant business is great because you meet a lot of people. So start networking with people. Start talking to people. Get that elevator pitch going. What do you do? I'm an investor. Look, I like to buy properties, A-caps, emerging markets. Tell them. You'd be surprised who you meet that way. Yeah. So you got to have the same goals because Gino always says if he wanted to do fix and flips and I wanted to do buy and hold, that's not going to work. Make yep. sure your goals are aligned from the beginning. Make sure you have someone that has the same level of work ethic as you do. It took us two years before we actually put, you know, pen to paper, sign an operating agreement. Okay. So we, we really got to know each other and, and see the work ethic before we said, okay, we knew each other for a little while. We're going to get into it. We're not getting into a deal together. Right. Makes sense. Makes sense. All right. I want to go back to something you just mentioned there. And that is you said elevator pitch. Can you talk about that for a minute? What do you mean by elevator pitch for those people who don't know what that term means and how do you craft one? Uh, basically, it's just a 30-second pitch. You want to get in front of somebody, and you're not really pitching them. You're just offering them an opportunity. When you're asking somebody for something, you don't say, I want money. I, you say, I, w- I want to offer you an opportunity. 
words are powerful. So basically, you just want to let somebody know what you do within an elevator ride, within 10, 20, 30 seconds. Listen, I'm an investor. I love investing in multifamily properties. I look for between 10 and 12% cash on cash returns. You know, I just like to buy in emerging markets and where it makes sense. You know, uh, what do you do? And that's all you need to do. And then all of a sudden, you give it to them and you let them ask the next question. You know, our problem is we like to talk. We don't listen. Once you've given your pitch, let it sink in and let them ask questions. Well, what is an, what's an emerging market? What's a cash on cash return? And you just give it to them. You let them know. And if they're not interested, great. You only spend 20 seconds. You move on. So. Yeah, I mean, right on. Like, I, I think the the elevator pitch is so important to have, and people don't ever, I guess, think of that. So somebody asks them, "What do you do?" I don't know. I mean, I did this for years, right? I don't know. Uh, I, I buy, I invest in real estate. <laughs> yeah, that's like it, right? Like, how many opportunities did I waste because I didn't have a defined elevator pitch, uh, you know, prepared, or at least like I didn't even know what to say. It was almost like I was embarrassed about real estate because I didn't want people to think I'm, you know, I don't think I'm too good for everyone else. So I'm just like, oh, I don't know. I buy some properties. And we've well, been tell us that more way. about that, Brandon. I mean, <laughs> is that does this stem from? I, I, no, I don't. I have. As a child, I did get or? picked on a little. I was I was a chubby little kid. I got I got my share of picked on. Anyway, moving on. You got a bobblehead yeah. now. That's pretty. cool. I do have yeah, a bobblehead no, now. The bobblehead. I like right that. Look at that. Look at that. He's quite handsome on the bobblehead. Yeah. Who'd uh, that come from? I don't know. I don't know. Andrew, who they were that, was an, that was Andrew Cushman sent those right. Yeah, I, think, was. Like that. I yeah. think it was Andrew. Yeah, good right, guy. I want to. I want right. to move from from that first deal. You're obsessed with systems. You're 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 interrupting restaurateurs when they should be talking <laughs> about the quality of food Ooh. and talking about the business. <laughs> so, what what does that mean for those people who are listening? Like, hey, I I went and I bought a property. Great. You know, you're like talking about systems. I don't understand. What what does that mean? What I didn't understand do? what a system was till like three months ago. Now that okay. it's a little bit, it's it's not that bad, <laughs> but it really didn't make sense to me when you say like, "What's a system?" I had yeah. no idea. It just didn't make sense. I couldn't get my head wrapped around it. I think number one, I'm going to plug this book because I love it. Traction. I don't know if you guys have picked it up, but everyone keeps right talking there. about that book lately. Dude, it's for small business yeah. guys like us. It is awesome. Yeah, dude, I got I got it on Audible. That's a great I got book. It also, I'm going through it. And and they talk about exactly what we do. There's like a property management company they keep referring to in there. So it's just I have my whole EOS model laid out. I have, you know, what our beliefs are. We have our, our rocks, like what the things that are holding us back, how we overcome those, you know, how we handle specific situations, how we answer the phone. You know, when when the when the uh, the people are in the office, they're answering the phone. It's OK. The, the idea is to get them to get the person to get in the door. What do you need? Yes, we have it. When can you come in? Right. And so it's it's creating these systems for each little piece of it. Uh, a great example was something that changed my life. I was the AMA guy. So what I was doing, driving around to each property, picking up checks, taking take them to the bank, working with the bookkeeper, or I was doing it myself in the beginning. Now we got a bookkeeper. She's put it in. We have uh, check scanners. We use Yapstone. For anyone out there that needs a good uh, credit card payment system, yapstone.com, great for rentals. They actually have a whole rental portal if you know people want to use it. What's that? So the, it's, it's, the, app, the Yap or App? It's Yapstone. So it's yapstone.com. And it's uh, I think they're they're – uh, they cut out a section just for rentals, and I think it's called rentpayment.com or something. So it's a, it's a payment provider. Oh, cool. Yeah. And it's great because I don't like uh, I don't like getting my uh, rent reduced because someone wants to pay for a credit card. So I don't want to pay that three percent. So what they do is that if someone wants the convenience of paying with a credit card, Yapstone allows that person to pay that three percent. So we're not actually having our gross income reduced simply because we want to provide a convenience. 
So it That's works cool. well for me because I'm cheap. I think yeah, one of the yeah. one of the most important books is the Emith, the Emith book by Gerber. Yeah, uh, I yeah. think you read that book. It, it's not actionable like Gino Gino Wickman. Gino, it's not that, that hey, Gino. Hey, it's got it's hey. actual content. You can actually do something. The Emith is more of like why you should do it, and you know why there's a technician, why contractors aren't business guys. They're technicians because they go out there, they've got a great craft, but they don't apply a business mentality to it. And that's what's wrong with real estate. A lot of investors they think of it as like a fun or an, it's not really a business. You have to treat it as a business and look at the numbers. If the numbers don't work, you, you can't deal with it. You can't do it. it. Yeah, and that's it. why we've actually been able to grow. We've, uh, in a short period of time, we've accumulated over 30 million in real estate. And it's because we bought from people that don't have systems in place. And they run you know, this mom and pop hodgepodge business where they're not doing background checks. It's, it's a, they've been, a family inherited it. Whatever the case may be, uh, they're focused on their other stuff. And the, the real estate is this investment, like a mutual fund, but they're not treating it like a business. So let's talk about the mom and pop thing a little bit more because this is something that I've said for a few years now is that I think one of the greatest opportunities over the next 10 years that we're going to see in real estate is these mom and pop landlords that are all 50, 60, 70 years old right now getting ready to retire. And I I think what you guys mentioned earlier slightly and I want to touch on a little more is this idea of – Maybe there's a, I believe there's a great opportunity for seller financing because of all these mom and pop landlords. Maybe don't want to lose all their income. Maybe they don't want to throw it into the, you know, stock market because who knows where that's going. Uh, they might be open to that. Do you guys, can you guys speak to that a little bit or what do you, is that, is that, we can speak to this all day. Yeah. Let's, let's, Yo, let's, let, let's step back. First thing, sure. multifamilies. Why multis? Sure. First of all, millennials are going to rent. Second yeah. of all, the baby boomers, every seven seconds, a 60 year old is in this country. So, you know, people are downsizing, right sizing to 2008. The single families aren't homes are not like an equity investment like they were seven, eight years ago. I'm renting. I'm going to take off the year and I'm going to rent. So there's a big demand for rentals. And I don't I just see that going forward. Guys who are millennials are not going to want to stay in a neighborhood. They're going to want that that be able to be a 1099 worker and be able to shift from one city to the next. So that ability to have a rental property is going to be huge. So yeah. I think. Let's look at that first. So multis, there's a demand for them. Second thing is we love mom and pops because, you know, mom and pops don't run right. They don't have systems in place. They have, you know, this. they're usually motivated. That's the most important thing about real estate. You need a motivated seller. If you don't have someone who's motivated in a transaction, you're not going to make money. And who's a motivated seller? Someone who's getting divorced, someone who's getting laid off, someone who's getting bankrupt. Someone who's 70 years old to his point, like we bought a lot from. Yeah, yeah, someone who's getting retired. You need that motivated seller. So if you don't have that in owner financing, you're not going to get it. You know, property that's like non-conforming Fannie Mae that they're going to look at and go, well, how are we going to finance this deal? Well, that, that's a home run there. And also owner finance, you need a little equity. You can't go in there with no equity in this property and try to get owner financing. So, and the other thing is you need a broker who knows how to do it and you have to educate the seller. So the seller's got a lot of benefits in owner financing. They're going to defer capital gains and what Jake likes to call mailbox money. You're going to get money every month. And you know, it's funny, we did a big deal. Guy had $11 million. We did an $11 million owner financing deal, but no money in this deal. So the guy, what what was he going to do with the money? He was actually going to take the money. Seven years old. It was a family, brothers and sisters. Yeah. And he's going to put the money in the bank at 0. 0.3%, 0.4%, 0.5%. So what we ended up doing is, you know, he held the note for four and a half percent. He loves it because he's not getting the capital gains hit and he's getting mailbox money every month. And if we default, he takes over the property. So if you're able to, you know, that opportunity and explain to them why it benefits them, I think it's a home run for everybody. I want to back up a little bit. We didn't owner finance the whole thing. We owner financed the down payment. So okay. he, he put up 20, yeah, he put up 20%. The banks contributed the rest. And we would not have been able to get into this if we would not have done smaller deals prior to this. Yeah. This was 281 units. 
I think it was, what, our fifth deal? Yeah. Okay, it was our fifth deal. So we had a track record. We've documented everything along the way, shown exactly how we've done it. We, we talked about how we focus on mom and pops because what we do when we go into these places, they all have the same problems. They're, they're under-rented, so we go in, we take the vacant units, and we, mar- we market them at the market rents. We go in, we touch them up. We like to do the little gooseneck you know, uh, faucets. We do a, a two-tone paint scheme so the baseboards are white. We do like some vinyl if we have to. But then we're renting these things for six, 700 bucks when they were before 450 to 500 then on top That's of it, awesome. the second step is we go and we implement rubs. I don't know if you guys have talked about rubs on the show, but it's ratio utility billing systems. Not in a basically while. We're building, yeah. Let's talk yeah, about we're it. basically billing the people back for the water. It works well in our market, so we're probably getting $35 extra a door there. Once this has taken place, we're then raising the remaining rents to market. Okay, so that's that's basically our repositioning strategy when we go in. It's a micro repositioning. I know people like to throw that out there sometimes. Um, so this worked on this. This was a family. I think it was four brothers and sisters. They inherited the property from their dad. They were getting into their seventies. The main shareholder brother did not want to have his wife battling with the sisters when he passed on. So we're providing a solution, and we were able to pay a little. The numbers still worked great, but we probably paid a little more than we would have if we were putting twenty percent down on the property. But guys, the important thing is you have to add value. I mean, when you go and do a property like this, you just can't go in and start raising rents. I mean, right. the customer service yeah. sucked on this property. It you know, did. people waited month, two months to get something fixed. We go in there and fortunately for us, you know, mm-hmm. the, the first six months, we lost about 35 to 40% of the renters. So you're talking a huge big hit. turnover. It was a big turnover because there were people who had to evict that weren't getting paid. You know, John was cutting the grass. He was getting paid 300 bucks a month for rent. And you know, Sue was living in apartment 135. <laughs> yeah. It was all this kind of mom and pop crap. That so you, you, but about. you have to deal with that. Yep. But that, but then when you go in there and you show these tenants, listen, I'm going to clean up. I'm going to give you a kick-ass property. I'm going to give you the customer service. You can raise those rents. And you know what? They're going to go on Google and tenants are notorious for one thing. They know exactly what they're supposed to be paying for. Two bedroom, one bath and three, seven, eight, oh, five and zip code. They just know that. So, you know, when you go to the market value there, they have two options, either to go out and, you know, spend the money on a new apartment or stay where they are. And if you give them the service, they're not going to go. That's just the bottom line. I got a value add real quick to add for the listeners too. a good way to check market rents is rentometer.com. Yep. You guys have talked about this. Okay, they have that little gauge on there. You can go on, plug in two bedroom and your zip code. It's going to give you a range of what you should be paying if you're on the high end or low end. Or just call brokers. Call brokers in the market, or just Google. That's Google. A, that's a that's a dicey one. Yeah, but Google Google, Google your property in your area, and within a mile or two mile, go on apartments.com, see what everyone else is charging. You need to know exactly what 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 the rent is, and you got to compare apples to apples. So if your property doesn't have pool, you have to put the, take that in consideration. Yeah, I also uh, like using Craigslist for that as well. You can kind mm-hmm. of that. there you go. So I, I've I've got a whole list of things here. So you guys you guys are talking about repositioning. You you guys are talking about adding solutions for people. I mean, these are all the terms that are. It's not just jargon, right? A lot of people mm. say, "Oh, I'm going to be an investor, and I'm, I'm going to come in here, and you know, I'm going to just haphazardly run my business." The first thing that I've noticed about you guys, and and you know, I don't know why it took so long to kind of realize it, but like. Anytime we see somebody on the show, anytime we interview somebody or anytime we talk to successful people, one of the things that that always comes up is they are very, very well read. These are folks who are reading business books, not just real estate books, but business books. How do I how do I improve? How do I keep going? You know, the, the folks who aren't doing as well, they're like, oh, I'll figure it out. It's it's good, you know, I got this. They never get it, right? Mm-hmm. So I love the fact that you guys are as well read. And, and again, I, I think that's a trend that we tend to see across all successful real estate investors. So if you are somebody who's like, how do I become a successful investor? Start reading. Listen to the show. Listen right. to all the book recommendations and start reading them. We, we recommend so many good books and our, our audience does. You know, Get reading. It's going to make a huge dent in your business. The next thing, again, you guys talk about ad value, finding solutions. 
that's exactly what you need to be talking about because you know a lot of a lot of investors come in and, and it's it's the what's in it for me and how do I do it for me they're the ones who never make it it's the ones who say hey how do I service how do I take care of how do I add value for my my clients my my tenants then you're going to build a business that can really scale so i i love all this stuff well that's the problem with the restaurant business i could only serve x amount of people our business, we can serve 600. The more people you serve, the more value you can add, the more money you're going to make. That's just the bottom line in life. And it took me so long to figure that out. I'm like, duh, once you figure it out, if you have 30 tenants, you can only service 30 tenants. If you have 3,000 tenants, you can service 3,000 tenants. That's important. And the other thing with personal development, I became a certified professional coach. Why? Because I was pissed off. I didn't know what was wrong with me. And then when I became the coach, I said, wow, this is freaking unbelievable. I mean, it just opens up your mind. And to your point, people are doing the same thing. It's considered insanity, right? I was doing the same thing for 35, 36. I said to myself, there's something wrong here. So once I became, you know, once I went to do some coaching with a real estate mentor, it really opened my mind up. And I know a lot of guys in bigger pockets are down on coaching and all that, but look at life coaching. If you're having problems in your life, you know, you can't talk to your wife all the time. You can't talk to your business partner. You need to have, you need that space where you can talk to somebody and really work out your problems, write down your goals. It just opens up a whole new dimension to my life. And that's how I met him. And that's how I shattered those limiting beliefs. He can talk about limiting beliefs all day. I want to talk about Chick-fil-A. First of all, because you were talking about customer. You're making me hungry, dude. <laughs> Listen, though, you were talking about customer service, right, and, and serving the, the tenants. And I don't know if you guys have been to Chick-fil-A. It's big in the South. This is the most amazing business that I've ever been into. You go in, and it's fast food. It's good fast food. It's quick. It's affordable. And they treat you like gold. I tell our property managers all the time, and they all know about Chick-fil-A. I said, I want to be the Chick-fil-A of the rental business because, look, we have affordable rentals. I want to treat these people like gold. I want to provide them with service. That is my goal every day to come in, work hard, and get our business up to something like what they've done. I don't know if we'll ever get that far because I just, hands down, I just like bow down Chick-fil-A. But also, (laughs) here's the thing. If you're looking for apartments and you're in the southeast, try to get close to a Chick-fil-A. Try to get close to a Kroger because that's where people are going. These big companies are doing the work for you. Okay, Follow those those companies. And I want to go back even a second further because he's talking about reading. You're getting me fired up, man. I love this stuff. Woo! I call this shit. I, like I, I like my. I call him Cliff Notes Barbaro. This guy has read more books than anyone I've ever met. So I'm like, we'll be, you know, be talking to people and they'll throw a book out and he'll just start like reciting lines. We'll put him and Brandon into a Rain Man book off. <laughs> yeah, man, that'd be sweet. No, they could do no, some no, kind no, of no, dance. No, no. It'd be great. Yeah. Audible. Yeah. You don't want to read, go Audible. There's no excuse nowadays. Get your car, throw a 30 minute CD. I'm an old guy. Throw a CD in the car or just what? listen. Right. I mean, I mean, there's no excuse. And just start filling your mind with positive stuff because there's so much crap out there. Get rid of the crap and put some yeah, get rid of the stuff. news. The news is not doing anything for us. So all oh, these people talk yeah. about Brexit. What the hell is Brexit? Am I going to get on here and talk like <laughs> I really know what the hell Brexit is? I don't, they don't know what the hell I, Brexit I, is. Britain, the UK. These guys, look, these guys are voting. These kids don't know what the hell they're voting for. OK, like, no, no. Anyways, I'm sorry. It's actually real people who voted to Brexit. But you know. <laughs> no, but the kid, no, the, as the a guy who does read the news and knows <laughs> a lot about what's going on. But the old people voted to Brexit and the kids wanted to stay no it's guys like it's guys like gino who are voting to get the hell out and- <laughs> old stodgy dude said i don't want this <laughs> Uh, you <laughs> and what are we well, right now what is going on right now i, I, I want to I touch on what you just said though though about the news right like people spend so much time this is a big point of four-hour work week uh, tim ferris's book he talks a lot about that people spend hours and hours and hours and hours watching the news, reading the news, articles, whatever. They just get consumed by it. I think the one thing, the book, the one thing talked about this as well. But like the news is ridiculous. 
ridiculous. Especially local news. Local news is the biggest Local news, news is ridiculous. Yeah. On hold on, hold on, Gino. Tell us about the one thing. Gary Keller. I mean, I love that book, don't you? Yeah, it's the one thing. Amazing. One thing and- hey, what's on page 26, Gino? <laughs> uh, I don't know. Yeah, well, 26. Momentum. I'm talking about momentum, I think. So it's great. It's a great yeah, book. It's yeah. an awesome book. That's my favorite business book I've read. He wants me to read it. Is it you is should read it. It's my favorite business book I've read ever. It's a, it's a good book. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. Gary Kell's a big systems guy, right? Yes, I mean, I mean, he, he's he's uh, he's an amazing dude, right? I mean, what he did in that space to be able to systematize that—I mean, that's a dream. Jake doesn't know about that. I got to teach Jake about that one. Actually, I'll read it. I'll read it. He's amazing. <laughs> Come on, Yaki Boom Booms, let's go. Oh, by the way, I got I got a, I got a uh, dish on Gino's menu. I like to plug that every once in a while. So, what's the, what's the, the restaurant? Dish? What's the dish? Jake's chicken. Jake's chicken. Jake's chicken. Are you? Mm. You still have the restaurant? I thought you. My said brother. My, bro- my brother does. Marcos yeah, my brother does. Yeah, what's I the name that. of the restaurant? Gino's Trattoria. Where's where is it? In uh, Mayapack, New York. Westchester County. Do Northern. you guys ship out food across the country? We've got to try it. good, bro. I would love to do that for you. <laughs> well, next time. He's got a good red sauce. Send him sauce. <laughs> next time I'm there. All right. We're always looking for ways to improve, searching for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for better is by matching with quality candidates. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of the show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BiggerPockets. Just go to Indeed.com slash BiggerPockets right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Indeed.com slash BiggerPockets. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whenever I used to travel, I would get that creeping feeling that I locked my back door. How do I know my property is going to be safe while I'm away? But not anymore, thanks to Simply Safe Home Security. I'm about to go on a three-week trip to Copenhagen, but am I tripping about my trip? Nope. With award-winning security and peace of mind from Simply Safe, I don't need to worry. Simply Safe is a super amazing alarm system that I actually installed in my house myself personally in less than 30 minutes. And there's so much peace of mind knowing that there's something in place to protect my homes, my goods, and my John Mayer shrine. Simply Safe systems have high-tech sensors that detect break-ins, fires, and floods, indoor and outdoor cameras to keep watch night and day, 24-7 professional monitoring at less than $1 a day. Plus, Simply Safe professional monitoring agents can even help stop crime in real time by speaking to intruders through the wireless indoor camera. Hey, hey, bud, get out of here. It's like that, but it's a lot better, I imagine. And if you buy the system and you don't love it, you can get a full refund with Simply Safe's 60 day money back guarantee. Simply Safe has given me and many of our listeners real peace of mind, and I want you to have it too. Right now, get 20% off of any new Simply Safe system with fast protect monitoring at slash pockets. There's no safe like Simply Safe. As home prices and interest rates continue to rise and inventory levels dip, it's getting harder to find quality flips and wholesale deals. When there's not enough on-market inventory to go around, it's time to start looking off-market. Lucky for you, there are millions of homeowners nationwide who own a property they need to get off their hands. I got two words for you, my friend. Prop stream it. 
PropStream is the leading real estate data provider and recognized as a Tech 100 honoree by Housing Wire for the fourth consecutive year. With PropStream, you can search over 155 million properties nationwide using 120 plus search filters like pre-foreclosure, bankruptcy, pre-probate, failed listings, and more to help you find motivated sellers in seconds. PropStream offers both public record data and an MLS sales estimate that's over 99% accurate to help you get the most accurate comps even in non-disclosure states. PropStream also provides lead automation, skip tracing, and a marketing suite with emails, postcards, and custom landing pages to close more deals efficiently. Get started today with their seven-day free trial and get 50 leads for free. Head on over to www.propstream.com BP. That's www.propstream.com BP. Want to dive deep into commercial real estate, entrepreneurship, leadership, and the economy? Tune into the Walker webcast hosted by the CEO of Walker & Dunlop, one of the largest commercial real estate finance and advisory services firms in the nation. As an unparalleled leader in commercial real estate, CEO Willie Walker frequently appears as an expert on major platforms like CNBC and the New York Times. He's even been on the Bigger Pockets podcast network too. On the Walker webcast, you'll hear from guests like A-Rod, renowned economist Dr. Peter Linneman, and experts from Walker and Dunlop's capital markets, research, and investment sales groups. So fire up the Walker webcast on your favorite podcast app or join live on Wednesdays to see Willie interact with his guests. Plus, you can always catch the replay on demand afterward. Stay ahead of the curve with insights for life from the Walker webcast. Learn more and subscribe to the Walker webcast at walkerdunlop.com slash pockets. And be sure to follow Walker and Dunlop on all your favorite social media channels too. That's walkerdunlop.com slash pockets. Yeah, we got we got to slowly start moving on or quickly start let's moving on. Let's talk about real estate. Let's talk yeah. about real estate. All right, so real estate. Oh, let's, is that why we're here? That's why we're here. <laughs> that's why we're here. Okay, I want to talk about your overall picture of your business right now. So uh, when did you guys, when did all this begin, like together buying multifamilies? How long ago was that and how many units are you up to now within the last that Yeah, time? We, we started, we started, like I said, a partnership basically looking at 2011, got our first deal knocked out. Was it beginning of 2013? 2013. 2013 February. February 2013, we got the crack then. Okay. From the crack then, we went to 36 units. From there, we went to 136 units. From there, we went back down to 16. Then we went up to the 281, the owner finance deal we were just talking about. And then we just knocked out a, a real sweet 156-unit property uh, in Knoxville. That's the one where the tree fell uh, just recently. And uh, we're going we're gonna to get the chainsaw in a little bit for that and one. So we've How got many? $30 million in real estate that you talked That's, about. Yeah, 674 units. We got some uh, little areas that we're going to try and build where, you know, there's like a, one of the places had a fire that we bought. So there's like, there's foundations. We're going to build up on that. So we'll probably be close to 700 before, you know, real close to 700 before the year's up. I love how you have 700 units and you're you're going to go take a freaking chainsaw to cut down a tree. That's what I'm talking about. flexing right here, bro. Like, this what, what are you? Ima. Like, Ima doing that. This is bad because we're going to take the Range Rover over and I got to worry about getting chainsaw oil inside the uh, back of it, but we'll be all right. Yeah, so. but, but Josh, sometimes, sometimes that's setting the tone. You know what I mean? Sometimes it's, you have to do that. It's good for employees to see that too, though. Yeah, I mean, like I had the restaurant business. That was a problem with me. I couldn't get out of the kitchen because I, I felt like I had to set the tone and I had to work harder than anybody else and I was just the owner and, you know, they take the cue from me. So if I'm slacking off, I don't want my employees to say, hey, he's not doing the work. So Absolutely. it's it's a catch-22 kind of thing. It's really hard because – I'd be there with them right now. I just got to jump on a plane in four hours. I ain't getting dirty. You're so. going, bro. We're doing well, it. Well, you know, and and it's a good point because you know, with with me with bigger pockets, that was my issue. It was like I was in the kitchen. 
I was mm. cooking. I was always in the kitchen, always cooking because I had to be there. But guess what? When you're always in the kitchen, nobody's planning where the business is going to go. There's right. nobody making those decisions. There's nobody strategizing. So you got to actually get out of the kitchen, which you guys know. Get out of the kitchen. Even you know, it, you can go in there once in a while, but, yeah. but you you got to start and strategize. You got to plan. You got to think. You can't get in there and be doing, you know, as long as it took me to read the, the four hour work week. And everybody who's listened to our show knows that it took me like, you know, 56 episodes. To you know, go from start to finish on that thing. You um, got but, there, but yeah, it's, I mean, it's really important. Well, I knew before I read the book it was important, but you know, getting out of the kitchen is is really key. And but for Josh, anyone who's stuck in their business, you got to think about that. You grew, you grow as a person, right? So if you start oh, sure. your business when you're small, so people don't want to grow. So if you don't, if you're a level five person and you have a level three problem, you can handle it. But if you're a level five person and you have a level eight problem, it's a big problem. But if you're a level 10 person and you have a level eight, it's not even a problem. So you've got to grow. And what does that mean? It means start reading and start getting out of your comfort zone and start growing. And once you can grow, you start realizing that. And that's what you did. You, you realize hey, it. And you well, done. I, I what, what, book are, what, book, what book are the uh, level one through 10 people? What, what's that that is T. Harbeck. Uh, you gotta read. You ever you ever read Harvecker? Har he's awesome because he talks about financial intelligence. Because someone who's programmed to make a thousand bucks a month is gonna make that. Trump yeah. is a billionaire. He's programmed for billions. So I mean, that was your financial blueprint. And for me, that opened my world because I couldn't think of six hundred seventy-five units three years ago because I wasn't a big enough person. I didn't think I could achieve that. But if you think big and you know you can do it, I know, I know you can do. It. I know anybody listening to this can do that. That's the problem because we're conditioned to think small. If you say to yourself at the end of the week, all I want to do is pay the bills. Unfortunately, guess what? He's going to pay the bills. And that's what was happening to me with the right. restaurant. I had, yeah. I had that one place and you know what? I paid the bills. But then when I got met with this guy, this guy's well, there, running around. Well, there's a snowball effect though that comes in because I was always like, I just got to get to 30000 a month. I just got to make 30000 a month. But then what happens when you get into these big deals, guess what? The cost segregation kicks in, right? Oh my goodness. 30000 is real 30000 because it's wiping my taxes out. Then we start refining these things. So now we're pulling out. We, on one deal, we pulled out a million six on a Ooh. refi. And we rolled that into you know future properties. So it's it's crazy when you get in. It's we we're grinding in the beginning, not making a ton of money, but we were grinding, stabilizing the properties. Now that we were getting them really stabilized, the cash flow is increasing. We're refining them. We're locking them up on 10-year terms, 25, 30-year AMs, getting the rates pushed down, securing the business. We bought them right. The manage, uh, we're managing them well, and we're trying to get all our financing in place. So we're very secure because it's real estate investing, especially multifamily, is a three-legged stool. You buy right, manage right, finance right. You get the you get the you get the buy right taken care of. You get the manage right is always ongoing, and you you secure your financing, and you just focus on running the business, managing, and getting the thing juiced up as high as you can with your NOI. Hey, really you quickly, you threw out cost segregation. What does that mean? Man, I wish I knew. I, I hire consultants <laughs> for this stuff, all right? I don't get it. You can't use it and not know. Come on. <laughs> listen, I use it. I use it. I max that baby. You're on the Bigger I Pockets podcast. No, I got, and I got a guy, too, who goes through. He's a great. I got a our, guy. Okay, now he's, now he's like, no, I do that. But our guy, his name's Chris Weatherall. He goes to all throughout the country. If you guys need to get a hold of us on social media or whatever, we'll hook you up with Chris. He's great. He's super affordable. Detailed. It's really detailed work. Yeah, and it's it's there's a he'll tell you there's different kinds of cost segregation studies. Basically, you're going to push down your depreciation from, say, it's uh, 27 and a half years on multifamily. He's going to get that down to five to seven years on most of it. So you're going to get this swell of depreciation going and wipe out a lot of your federal taxes. You're basically accelerating depreciation on right. your property. You're taking your fixed 
fixed assets and pulling them out. So anything like a roof, a hot water heater, let's say driveways, that's going to be accelerated a lot quicker. Unfortunately, when you sell it, you recapture it, but you don't worry about what happens in the future. Hold maybe, on and keep buying. Maybe that's you can do a 1031 yeah. or maybe you can you know, defer taxes. But the, pro- the bottom line for anybody who wants to be wealthy, listen to this, guys. It's not what you make. It's what you keep. Yeah. So it's really important to really work with somebody who does taxes because we're all, you know, you're a W-2 employee. You're making $100,000 a year. You're not keeping that hundred grand. But if you're a real estate investor, you're making a hundred grand a year and you're a real estate professional, you're going to be able to write off all your taxes. You have this cost segregation. That's really important. That's one thing that's so overlooked in real estate, the power and the ability. And that's why when you go out for partners, hey, lawyers and doctors make great partners because they're always looking to shelter income and to find ways. And, you know, it's not illegal. It's not bad. It's, it's your duty to do that. Yeah, I love it. Uh, just a quick plug here. If people are interested in learning more about tax strategies, we actually have a book at Bigger Pockets we sell called uh, The Book on Tax Strategies for the Savvy Real Estate Investor. You can get it at biggerpockets.com slash tax book. Yes. You should pick it up. Pick it's that a up so, book. I can, so I can talk about it more. So you can not read it? Yeah, sure. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I want to support you guys. I want to support you guys. I'm the right. cost that guy. Don't worry. I can explain it. I got no, it. No, you got this. All right. Well, good deal. So last question I have before we go to the fire round. I'm curious. I ask a lot of people this question. How many hours a week do you guys work? I mean, is this a full-time gig for you? Or are you guys doing this part-time? Is this, what's your week look like? Dude, I work my ass off. From 7 a.m., I work yeah, I work hard. Gina works hard. I get up about 7 a.m. I'm, I'm doing social media stuff you know, for the properties, making sure everything's in line. I'm keeping everybody you know, in order. Uh, we, you know, we're self-managers, right? I probably, it just depends. An, an easy day for me, I'm getting done maybe like 6 o'clock uh, on, a, on a longer day. This guy might have me on some kind of Skype call at 9 o'clock. So it just depends. I work Saturdays. I go on vacation and I work a little bit. It's not that I'm, I'm, I'm doing stuff that I don't like to do. I like what I'm doing. So if I'm answering a few emails on vacation or whatever, yeah. it's it's constant. So it's – and I enjoy it. I enjoy what I do. I'm highly motivated. I want to make it happen. And so it just depends. You know, 50 hours would be probably a fairly slow week and I'd, I'd enjoy it. So, awesome. and, cool. and for me, I, I had the restaurant. So I just retired and retired. I left in March. So I was doing the restaurant five days a week. And then I was doing this during lunch, during dinner. So you have to plug it in. So, I mean, one thing about the restaurant, it makes it, you become a hard worker. So hard work is, is good. And thing tell, is, him, tell him what you were doing too. His brother was in the front of the house. He was in the back, you know, making, doing the real, you know, that's, that's but, tough work, right? But the whole thing is it's, I was working hard. I wasn't working smart. That's another thing. When you grow yeah. as a person, you, you find a difference. I was working, you know, dad had me working hard 30 years ago. That worked great. You could do great, but now it's not the model. You can't make money working hard and it takes a little time to figure that out. And I figured it out and I'm, still working hard i don't mind but you work a little bit smarter now awesome yeah. all right i'm ready to go cut the tree down you guys are gonna be fired up i'm ready to cut the tree down. <laughs> this is good i want i want a video i want a video i want to <laughs> see it it's minimum and yeah. we'll get Let's you a video. Do it. yes there that'll be awesome that'll be awesome all right so before before we move on uh what's next for you guys you guys have acquired a nice portfolio what are the what does the next three to five years look like well, we're looking to buy more deals, but like you guys know, everyone on bigger pockets is complaining about compressing cap rates. The low hanging fruit is gone. And you know what? For the most part, it is. So that's why you've got to work harder and really dig deep and really look for those deals. It's, it's hard to find, but we still want to buy. I mean, we're looking at 400 units in, in, in Tennessee and someone else is bit up above us. And we're going to get it though. I think. We I have really to stay do. diligent. We're not going to go above the number, guys. Listen, this is important. If you have a buy criteria, you got to stick with it. You can't yeah, pay, yeah. overpay because if you overpay in the long run, it's going to be hard to make money in the deal. And you know what? Everyone says, you know what? Over time, but over how long? I've had a property for 10 years. It's got a cash flow now, 10%. Yeah, so you got to buy right. So we're still looking to, we're still looking to acquire. We haven't syndicated yet. This is all our money. So this deal, we can pull another deal off without syndicating or, as you would say, raising private money 
the next deal after this one, after a thousand units, we're probably going to start syndicating. We'll see. I don't necessarily want to because I don't. We have uh, enough to deal with with the business. If we have to bring investors in, we'll see yeah. where it goes. I'm not. I'm not totally shut down to it. But if we don't have to, I just want to be very disciplined. I want to be the the biggest owner of a multifamily in Eastern Tennessee. That's the first step. I want to, you know, I want to get there. We probably got, you know, uh, we have to get to about four thousand units, so we got a ways to go. But I think we can get there. And it's just being very disciplined, not overpaying, making sure we're hitting our, our metrics going in, and then uh, you know, following the game plan throughout. We like building out frameworks. So sounds good. I love it. Sounds good. I love it. All right, cool. Well, hey, let's shift gears a little bit and go over to the world famous fire round. It's time for the fire round. All right, the fire round. These questions come direct from the Bigger Pockets forums. We ask guests these questions every week, different questions, of course. So we're going to fire them at you. Number one, when starting out, who is the best type of person to create a relationship with? A banker, another investor, a lender? I mean, you know, who's the best person to build a relationship with at the beginning? Broker, then banker. Broker. Broker? Okay. Broker, then banker. Cool. There you go. Nice and easy. know why, or we just want to answer? No, them? fire round. You got this. <laughs> All right. If somebody doesn't know what type of deal they would like to attempt to focus on, would you push people to invest more in multi-unit? So if they're like, oh, I don't know what I, I want to do. Should they do multi or should they start with singles, condos, you know, Multis. duplexes? Okay. Why? Only because only because you can do it part-time. Jake was made, being, I had the restaurant. He was doing his gig, 25 units. We had about 200 units and we were still doing this quote-unquote part-time. So and why can you do it part-time? Because you can get when you scale up to, to multifamilies, you can have teams, you can have you know resident manager, you can have maintenance guys, and that's the key to, to creating wealth. You're you're already creating a system and you don't even know it. So that's you why can manage awesome. the business and you're going to be making money in your sleep. Landlords make money in their sleep every time that tenant makes a paycheck that's paying down that mortgage. So you're gonna you're gonna it's it's wealth building forced. Okay, yeah. you're forcing the wealth building. That's why uh, we love. Whoa. it. You no, know, it's funny. I I feel like in my own oh, investing, yeah. <laughs> in my own investing, like the more units I get, the less work I do. It's like a complete inverse relationship like the amount of hours i spend on it that ain't right, goes bro. down you gotta work you gotta work that's not right I'm, I'm just done like a couple more units and i'm just gonna sit on a beach where there, are you right? going what are you gonna do it's just what? kidding you'd be so bored don't do that i would be You're so bored no Knoxville, tennessee yeah i might start buy some uh, chop wood for you yeah I, Dude, we can chop wood and we got a, we got a ton of guns we can go out and shoot it'll be great fire uh, around just kidding i don't know am i kidding that sounds that sounds very Eastern Tennessee. All right. No. Number three. What is the Hot best wood. What is the best way to find large multifamily properties? How are you guys finding uh, them? You got to have relationships. You got to go out there. And what Gino was saying before, there's five brokers in this town that do most of the deals. You got to know them. You got to take them out to lunch. They all have our business plan. We share our business plan with each one of them. They know we want mom and pop. So they call us We're like, oh, we got one. It's just for you. It's nice. this guy that owns 100 units over here. Yeah, but he wants six million bucks and it's worth four. And that's the conversation we just had with a guy that was a couple weeks ago. So we hang in there. I'm going to rant about the deal we just did. So if you want me to, if not, keep going. Go ahead. Go ahead. Rant Okay. So the 156 units we just bought, we started working on that deal. Come on now, man. This is sweet. I'm telling you, you're going to love this. We started the deal last summer. We just closed in March because we were competing against two REITs. Real Estate Investment Trust, uh, for those of you that are not familiar with that. These are the big boys. Jake and Gene are competing with these guys. We said, look, we know we can make money at this number. We stuck to that number. We came in third place. They basically had a call to offers. Guess what? The REIT came in and said, we want to uh, retrade a million bucks. And that's what these guys are known for. They knew that going into it. So after they retraded, the, the seller said, no, I don't want to do business. So then we came back. We're like, guys, we're going to get this thing closed. We're going to do it. We kept pounding that drum. What was it, New Year's? I was at Gino's house. They, they came back and said the deal fell apart. You guys still there? We said, yes, we're still there, but we're at the same price. We ended up getting it done by March. We closed within 60 days. We, we, we down doors, man. We're doing it. That's awesome. Jake and Gino, we rock. <laughs> I love you, guys, you guys need your bobblehead. 
Dolls. I want a bobblehead, man. Rubbing, but it's gonna, it's gonna, rubbing shoulders, Jake and Gino. Mine's going to have a Buffalo Bills jersey, though. I tell you, it's going to have a Bills jersey. And it's going to be Don Beebe because he's the man. All right. <laughs> okay. All right. Number four. Josh. Oh, this is me. Do you feel that purchasing lower income properties is actually a better deal in the long run? Do you get better deals by purchasing the low income properties? Uh, you can pay less, but what's the definition of a better deal? I mean, I, I'm, I like just, I'm just asking the question. Oh, no, man. I'm just saying I, I, I like the C plus personally B minus range, maybe a okay. C, because eventually what we're going to do is we're going to if we do get something that's going to C minus like the crack, then you're going to it's going to be harder. You're going to have to re- maybe you make more money on it. Uh, it just depends how much work you want to put into it. I'm fine with it if we can get it up to snuff. I stay out of D's. I don't want to be in a war zone. And it's hard because that you can fix the property up, but you can't take it out of that thing unless you know the property is going to go into an emerging market and the city is getting pushed out and is gentrifying. And, but that's taking a risk. And that's rolling you, a dice. Yeah, yeah you don't know that. that. You have to buy an actuals. That's the yeah. thing. So we started we, we like season B's. That's what we like. You, you guys are just fun to talk to. <laughs> Man, we bring the pain. I'm telling you, we do it. <laughs> so you guys are great. Yeah. You guys are great. All right. Well, as all great things have to come to an end, so let's end this thing with our world famous. Famous four. All right, the famous four. These questions are the same four questions we ask every guest every week. So I'm sure you guys have heard them, but we'll ask them to you. Number one, what's your favorite real estate related book? You can each answer this. What's your favorite real estate related book? Believe it or not, I like Rich Dad, Poor Dad. I don't know why. I don't know if it's real estate related, but it's just a total mind shift. Everyone reads that book. It's just powerful. Yep. It's powerful. I've, only, I've actually only read two real estate books. One was Fixer J.D. Seaman. I think the other one was, was Rich Dad. So I'm going with Fixer, investing in Fixer Upper, Fixer J.D. Seaman. He talks about notes. He talks about creative financing, owner financing. I read that one started, and I haven't really looked back. But I, do I, read I really like that book a lot, too. Yeah, Fixer J.D. You read, you read yeah, that? Yeah, Fixer J. Yeah. He's a funny guy. Like, he's I an old like, dude, too. He's an old, like, yeah. Somewhere in the South, right? Yeah. No, he's from California. He's writing really? off yeah. Just looks like, he's got the white hat on and all that. Yeah. yeah. yeah it's funny. All right. Good stuff. All right. Cool. Two. All right. Business book. Business book. Alice Shrugged, without a doubt. That book is amazing. I've read it like three times. I totally got my uh, my head screwed on straight. If that's possible, that's probably not true. But I love Atlas Shrugged. You're going to have like half of our audience just hate you now. And yeah, the other half are going to love you. I know. So people, it's just, people just either Look, love or hate. I don't know. I'm going to tell you right now. We are on Skype right now. I barely can turn a computer on. We're doing this call. How is this even possible? If you cannot celebrate man's achievement and the great things <laughs> that go into work and working hard, you're nuts. Okay. People maybe just I, maybe get I too just... tied up in politics. Like people no, get no, too tied up in politics. politics though, I'm not saying you are. I'm not saying you are. I'm saying people are. People hear that and they don't, are like, oh my let, god, it's blah, blah, blah. don't let the left and right divide you. Know it's what's ridiculous. good. Do the right thing. Yeah, Focus there you on go. Hard and growing in your life. Dude, I'm telling you, in the next couple decades, like that nonsense is going to change. Like people are Not so sick and tired of the I mean, BS. No what's going on, but get rid of the pundits. They just they're taking up too much space in your head, man. Exactly. All right, Gino. Uh, Gary Keller. I like the one. I'm reading it right now. And his other two books about real estate agents and multifamilies is great. Perfect. All right. Awesome. What do you guys do for fun besides chopping wood? <laughs> I got a great fitness center in the basement. I love working out. I ride the bike. I got started riding the bike. I got it. I first had my first baby this year, right? I'd have had hey, a baby. Hey, congratulations. But I started getting like daddy fat or whatever they call it. So I'm like, <laughs> dude, I, I've gone nuts. I dropped like 15 pounds. I got Audible going on. I'm riding the bike, hulking out. And I love the bills. Big season coming up, man. Rex, I don't know. Wow. We'll see. Uh, I didn't even know. I, I, did, I didn't even it. know the Bills were still a team. That's how little I know of the Bills. <laughs> Dude, I'm gonna come through. This is what's like. Fans get like Broncos. Broncos. Yeah, yeah. All right, Gino, you got six kids, man. What do you What well, do you do me? besides take care of them? 
I, we homeschool the kids, so uh, I love to oh, spend wow. my morning. He just took it up a notch. About right? 45 minutes to <laughs> an hour. Yeah, in the morning, I like to read with them. I'm actually trying to get the kids to read business books. It's a little hard, but I don't want to shove it down their throat, but they got to get prepared. Yeah. Love gardening. I love cooking. And just spend time with them. You know, that's where we come down to Florida. Quality of life. Driving around in a golf cart, you know, that kind of thing. It's great. He's it's obsessed awesome. with a golf cart, guys. I don't know. <laughs> He's loving the golf cart. Can you imagine cart. New York, New York in a golf cart? You're you have snow tires on. I got my 14 year old driving in the road in a golf cart, no seat belts, everyone's hanging off. In New York, they, they, they'd arrest your ass. For a second. <laughs> <laughs> it is down in Florida. You know, it's great. It's awesome. I love it. I love it. All right, number four, last question. What do you guys believe sets apart successful real estate investors from those who give up, fail, or just never get started? Let me answer this is powerful. A should needs to become a must. If it's not a must, like me, I had to get out. I needed to provide for my family. I needed to make money. I needed to grow. I was stuck. If it's not a must, you know, you're going to go back to your old ways. You get on a diet. You got to lose 30 pounds. You lose them, but then you go back into your old ways. It has to become a must. It has to become a habit after two months. It needs to become a habit and it needs to be ingrained in you. And if it's not, you're going to fall back. And, I, and that's what happened to me the first 10 or 12 years floundering around. I didn't really need it. It was a hobby. It's not a hobby. Treat it as you. it's your life destiny, as if your goal. And if it's not, don't get into real estate because it's too hard, it's too risky, and it's too much work. Wow. I like the, you know – a little cliche, but I always talk about willpower and discipline, and I like to chunk everything down. So every time we get engaged in a deal, it's for me, it's being patient, persistent, but willing to walk away. That last deal that we, we refer to as a great example, we were very disciplined. We were patient. It took us, I don't know how many months to get it done, but we were, we were persistent. Gina and I kept peppering the broker. We stayed in contact with him. In the beginning, we initially walked away. We said, this is the price. We walked away. We hung in there. Deal eventually came back to us. We knocked it out, and you know we got the thing. It was doing about 100 a month when we close on in gross. We got up to 112 already. The thing is a beast. We're crushing it, and I love this property. So That's awesome. Awesome. All right, guys, before we let you go, where can people find out more about you? The Jake and Gino Show. <laughs> Dude, we got a laundry list, and it starts at jakeandgino.com, and then my news fave right now, I'm Snapchat, Snapchat. Snapchatting it. Snapchat. I'm also getting more and more into Snapchat. So it's like naked like pictures of you? What, what do you do with that? It's horrible. So I don't understand. This, you like, got to watch out because he likes to get it on He likes to get on Skype, and he forgets to put his shirt on sometimes. I'm like, dude, what are you <laughs> doing to me? I'm like, yeah, that's for another show. But anyway, we got, we got Insta. Really? We got the handles Jake and Gino. We got Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, on and on and on. I, I don't really know how to use these, but I try, and we, we're doing our best. So. Love it. Love it. Awesome. LinkedIn. Awesome, guys. And you guys have a podcast as well, right? Because yeah, I, yeah. I was on your podcast. Yes, you were. So people yeah. should listen you're, to it. You, right. you were, you're a beast. Yeah. I'm telling you right now. You were a beast I am a beast. Yes. <laughs> awesome, guys. Well, thank you so much for coming on. We really appreciate it. A lot, a lot, a lot of fun. And obviously, uh, you know, listen, listen to these guys. They've they got lots of uh, pearls of wisdom, everybody. So thank you for coming on. We, we definitely appreciate it. Thanks, Josh. Thanks, love. Brandon. Thanks, See guys. You guys. Yeah, thank you. Thanks. Right. We get the peace. All right, everybody. That was Jake and Gino. Big thanks again to the two of them. Awesome, awesome, awesome show. It was. It was a great show. And I love their passion, their enthusiasm, and their focus on systems. You know that, Jake? Yeah. Like, if you want to scale, you've got to have systems. You can't just go out there and cut down chainsaws, you know, trees with chainsaws. Right. Well, maybe you can, but. Maybe you can. <laughs> we, we may find out when we see the show notes. Yeah, they actually told us that. They said if they go out and do that, if Jake goes out and cuts it down, he's going to get a video or a picture and we're going to put on the show notes at biggerpockets.com. Slash show 182. Excellent. Excellent. Cool. All right, guys. Well, like we talked about during during the show, books. Books matter. 
books are really, really important. You know, everything we talk about, we, we definitely talk about real estate and we, we've been talking a lot more over the last, you know, 50, 60 episodes about systems and things like that. But, you know, you can't just get it from us. You, you know, get out there, get some books and start reading, start learning to how, how to scale your business, how to, you know, improve your life. And it's just, it's so important. You know, Brandon sits around and pretty much tries to make us all look bad and reading all day. <laughs> I don't read as much as I used to. And I, I mostly listen to Audible, but, uh, you know, yeah. it's good stuff. Awesome. Yeah, it's great. Cool. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. This is show 182 of the Bigger Pockets podcast. You can check out the show notes, like Brandon said, at biggerpockets.com slash show 182. And I'm going to ask you to do one thing, which is get out there and get active on the Bigger Pockets forums. The forums are amazing. It's where people come together. You know, a lot of people think, well, if I'm just answering questions, how does that help me? Well, you answer questions, people realize that you know what you're talking about. People realize that you're savvy. People realize that you're experienced. Oh, yeah. And then what? Then they want to work with you. Yep. So get out there, show people that you know what you're talking about. Become the expert in whatever it is that you're the expert in. Be the expert. And you're going to start to build your network. You're going to start to build the opportunities for yourself. Make it happen. And that's biggerpockets.com slash forums. With that said, I'm trying to figure out why Brandon... Oh, he's got Charlie. Yeah, for those people on YouTube watching right now, my buddy Charlie came in to say hello at the end of the podcast today. Yeah, Charlie. All right. This is Josh Dorkin. And Charlie. Signing off. You're listening to Bigger Pockets Radio, simplifying real estate for investors large and small. If you're here looking to learn about real estate investing without all the hype, you're in the right place. Be sure to join the millions of others who have benefited from BiggerPockets.com, your home for real estate investing online. There's a reason small multifamily investing is so popular in the Bigger Pockets community. With just a 3.5% down payment, you can own up to four different units. Think about it. If you house hack and live in one of the units, you still have three different groups of tenants helping you pay down your mortgage every month, four kitchens and bathrooms you could renovate to increase your property value, four different Airbnbs, medium-term rentals, or other rental strategies that you can try in one property, all in just one transaction. Of course, the question is, where do you find a small multifamily property that you can actually afford? Which market and which deals are best for you? Once you close, how do you manage it, optimize it, keep scaling, and living your life without being tied down to four leaky toilets or four fussy tenants? All great questions, my friends. All to be answered in the upcoming Small Multifamily Bootcamp with Chris Lopez and Leka Devatha. So if you're serious about growing your portfolio with this highly efficient strategy, head to biggerpockets.com slash four, F-O-U-R. Today, and join us in the Small Multifamily Bootcamp. See you there. The content of this podcast is for informational purposes only. Past performance is not indicative of future results, and all hosts and participant opinions are their own. Investment in any asset, real estate included, involves risk. Use your best judgment and consult with qualified advisors before investing. Only risk capital you can afford to lose. BiggerPockets LLC disclaims all liability for direct, indirect, consequential, or other damages arising from reliance upon information presented in this podcast.